Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and we're live on Facebook. Today is April 13th. It's the last day of Passover. Tomorrow, no more matzah. Bread, bagels. Hey, you really don't miss the bread and the bagels. I've been trying to be good and not eat bagels anyway. And But matzah, after a while, you've had enough. Anyway, hope everybody's doing well. Hope everybody uh, is enjoying the weather. I think it's in the 80s in Baltimore. It was in the 30s, like this past weekend, so uh, quite this uh, up and down. Um, on the East Coast, at least the Maryland side of things, we haven't uh, been subject to the rains and the floods and everything else. And I even, with my grandchildren, planted a few things, a few little trees and shrubs last weekend. So um, a little early, perhaps, with the frost coming, but what can I tell you? Anyway, uh, this uh, quick CT is us, Facebook Live is going to be on the esophagus. I, w I picked the esophagus in part because Lily told me this is uh, esophagus cancer month, so that's kind of very appropriate. And also, uh, finally, after uh, much ado, this article by uh, on CT of the esophagus in Current Problems in Diagnostic Radiology was published by Javad Azadi. Uh, it's a really, really good article. It's based on, I think, a prior RSNA exhibit. I think it's a very good article going through uh, in detail all the various pathologies you can see in the esophagus. It's interesting in the sense that we look at the esophagus essentially on everybody's CT. It might be the entire esophagus on a chest CT or portions of the esophagus on an abdominal CT or chest abdomen, you got it all. We don't think about protocols for the esophagus because what protocols do we do? It's, it would be great if we could definitely go pacify the esophagus with oral contrast, and we can try to do that, but it's hard with the patient laying on the table and with peristalsis, the uh, esophagus empties, right? Um, if you have a diverticulum, if you have a perforation, then a positive contrast uh, using something like a dilute uh, iohexol is good for showing the tracks kind of, in some sense, very much like a barium swallow. In terms of imaging the esophagus, we still use um, GI studies. We look at a lot of swallowing difficulties as one of the things that's very big and growing in radiology with an older population, but we don't do CT for that, obviously. When patients have had surgery, uh, whether it's lung surgery, mediastinal surgery, esophageal surgery, we might do swallows looking for leaks, fistulas, or perforation. So that's one thing to do. CT is very good for looking at complications. Now, CT, unlike fluoro, is not a dynamic study, but we're very good for looking for collections. Now, in terms of the esophagus, if I really want to see the esophagus well, I will give water. It's one possibility, but positive contrast uh, have the patient drink positive contrast while they're flat on the table. Make sure they don't aspirate, of course. And make sure it's dilute, and then scan the patient at that point. That, that can work very, very nicely. Now, if you think about the esophagus in general, what pathologies involve the esophagus? Of course, we think about esophageal cancer. I showed a case the other day of a leiomyosarcoma of the esophagus, which is pretty rare. You can have lymphoma involve the esophagus. You can have METs involving the esophagus. But again, um, it's usually just esophageal cancer we speak about. 
We then speak about inflammatory disease, patients who swallow foreign matter, patients who have motility disorders, swallow like a piece of steak and they, uh, they aspirate. We talk about uh, varices in the esophagus, patients with cirrhosis, portal hypertension, often get esophageal varices, and this can be the source of bleeding, so esophageal varices with bleeding. We talk about esophagitis. It can be due to caustic agents. It can be due to infectious or inflammatory agents or all possibilities that uh, we need to think about. And in this article, we look, and so for example, we talk about thickening of the esophagus. Now, one challenge you know, we talk about small bowel being over three millimeters. We talk about the stomach over five millimeters. It's hard to give a number of the esophagus because it really depends on its distension. Uh, we know when the esophagus is dilated, when there's a lot of air in an air fluid level, think of things like scleroderma, think of things like achalasia. We also know when we look at the esophagus, when it's dilated, we look at the lungs. Achalasia commonly aspirates, scleroderma commonly changes in the lung basis. We look at enhancement of the esophagus. With esophagitis, you may see significant enhancement, and surely with esophageal varices, you will see prominent uh, enhancement of the lower esophagus and the varices surrounding the esophagus. One pitfall, of course, is if you scan a patient with cirrhosis and portal hypertension, if you do arterial phase, the varices will typically not enhance, and I've seen people confuse the varices with adenopathy, and all of a sudden you're talking about adenopathy and malignancy rather than esophagitis with portal hypertension and varices. So you need to be very, very careful with that as well. We talk about fistulas, patients who've had surgery, uh, airway surgery, patients who develop lung cancer, which is aggressive can grow into the esophagus, that's uncommon, but it can occur. Trauma, whether it's from intubation, that can be a source, or an MVA or other possibilities, or surgery as well. We also look at the esophagus in terms, we don't think about pneumatosis, we think about pneumatosis of small bowel and colon, most commonly due to ischemia. Well, we've seen a number of patients with air in the esophageal wall, which can be from perforation, can be from instrumentation, but also can be from ischemia. I saw a case last week or a couple weeks back, I think, where someone showed me where there was air in the gastric wall as well as the esophageal wall as well as a small bowel in a patient with massive infarction. We talk about foreign bodies, uh, whether it's pediatric swallowing a battery or a penny, or it's an adult eating, uh, particularly if you like fish and you like those cods, those big fish with the bones. Uh, not uncommon to see somebody swallow a bone and it gets stuck in the esophagus. And you could look for perforation. You also could see the bone, because even though the bone is very tiny, you could see the, uh, it's calcified, so you can see it. We talk about things that are um, generic, like uh, duplication cysts of the esophagus. Um, sometimes you can't tell a bronchogenic cyst from esophageal duplication cyst, from a mediastinal cyst, but typically a location may help. The good news is they're also going to be benign. We talk about aspiration. One of the things we talk about are um, uh, hernias, Zenker's diverticulum, for example, in the upper esophagus. People have misread that as perforation. People have misread that as abscess. 
um, is something that may need to be resected because patients will often aspirate. Zenker's diverticulum can be very large, so it can be somewhat challenging. In terms of staging esophageal cancer, we look for fistulae. We look for the presence of adenopathy. Of course, we're going to scan into the abdomen, look for nodes at the level of the celiac axis or periodic region. We're going to look for tumor spread into the fundus of the stomach. We're going to look at the liver. Those are all going to be very important. And of course, once patients are treated, whether it's with surgery, chemotherapy, or radiation, CT can be used for follow-up. That becomes very, very important. Now, we also talk about volvulus. Now, esophagus alone won't volvulus, but if you have a big hiatal hernia, think about the esophagus coming down and the stomach coming up, right? You think about that angle, and then you could twist around that angle so you can see a gastric volvulus, which involves the stomach. The stomach will be, I mean, involves the stomach, but also the esophagus, with the esophagus being obstructed. Just to quote the article we wrote, CT is an important imaging modality for the diagnosis and staging of multiple esophageal pathologies. The relative speed and ease of acquisition compared to other imaging modalities ensures that CT will continue to play a role in the evaluation of the esophagus in the future and awareness of the common presentations of the various esophageal pathologies will assist the radiologist in making a timely and accurate diagnosis of both common and uncommon esophageal disorders. A very nice summary of that article. I think what you need to do is read the article. If you go to um, our Facebook page, actually, which you're on right now, a couple days ago, the publisher, which is Elsevier, when you publish an article, gives you 50 days where anybody can look at the article for free. Then, of course, there's a charge. But you can go there. There's a link takes you right to the article. You could read it for the next 50 days, one time a day, 50 times, or once in 50 days, depending what you really feel like doing. And at that point, you too will be an expert. If you go to CT Is Us, the website, we have a section on esophagus. There's a lot of good articles in there. There's a lot of pearls and a lot of really good images. So with that, I thank you for listening. I hope this helps you. And I'm about to put up a protocol for CT of the esophagus, so stay tuned. And with that, let me just look if anyone has any questions. I don't see anybody with any questions. Um, let me look again. I, I see people, but I don't see any questions. So if you have any questions, write them down. We'll try to get to them. Uh, and with that, I wish everybody a great day.